Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. We saw some shows this week. So many shows. Some really great shows. Lots of shows. Good yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. We saw The Liquid Plane at Signature. Oh, I loved this show so fucking much. It was so good. It was really, really, really good. Like, it was incredible. I, I, just, I just thought it was so well done and, and great and like a good story and interesting and something that you rarely see. Yeah, and it was one of those things that I knew a little bit about it going into it. Mm. Like, just a very little. I looked it up, you know, to see what the schedule was. And then there's always a little blur, running time, whatever. And I remembered, oh, okay, it's about, like, runaway slaves. And that's kind of all I retained from it. Um, And that might have been all that they really said. But it's... It's That's so funny so because I feel like my backstory context to the show was somebody being like, queer stuff, you'll like it. So going in, going into it, I was like, it's about like queer stuff. And well, then I was like, oh, it's about slavery? I mean, you told me about it. Right. So, And the person that had told me about it was like gay stuff. Right. <laughs> you know. So the first, no spoilers at all because the first scene, the play opens up with um, two women who are runaway slaves, Denby and... Um, well, one woman and one well, transgendered person. Right. Um, is that, uh, like, not, no, like, disrespect or anything, <laughs> but just because of the situation and the t- context of the time, hmm. um, I I wasn't prepared to make any sort of decision on what that character was in my head I guess I decided she was they were lesbians and because of the nature of their relationship and just the way that in the way that anyone wants to be more comfortable in their selves and their clothing Mm. and how they present themselves for safety and for um her personal life that's how she presented that's how she dressed herself I I think that they were trans Mm. I mean yeah I would say definitely trans definitely I mean like I I get that yeah you couldn't be like a butch lesbian in 1790 (laughs) or whatever but this person was you know living Living their life as a man man, their their entire life like that monologue that he has in the second act where he talks about when he was a slave and how when he ran away and got sent back to the master and was forced to put a dress on for another 17 years i think Mm -hmm. he said like i think it was quite you know it's like yeah it's like yentl yentl is trans but barbara streisand was like this is about feminism oh it I, yeah, in the play, Yentl lives as a man in America, and in the movie, Barbara Streisand was like, "I really want to wear a pretty dress on that that tugboat." So, I like, saw that play, I don't remember that. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's like at the end, it's right. like, and then Yentl went to America and yeah. lived as a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. So, like, Yentl the play is about Yentl being like, like wanting wanting the things that like men in sure. you know that society were 
privileged to have mm-hmm. like studying but also like I'm a man yeah. and Barbara Streisand was like this is about women's education and mm-hmm. women being free to learn and me being free to belt and look beautiful <laughs> on a boat you know like yeah. Like, I feel like, I don't remember exactly where, but I, like, read somewhere. There was someone was, like, yeah, no, literally, like, that. Because that's when she sings, fuck, what's that song called? Something about the sky. Oh. I forget. Is that when she sings, Papa, can you hear me? No, that's way earlier. (laughs) People? Is that when she sings people? (laughs) I saw Yentl a really long time ago. I know. I haven't seen Yentl in a long time. And it's not something that I just, like, listen to And then we saw the play, and I was like, oh, right, it's a play. No music. Right, right, yeah, while the light, like, as the lights were going down, and you're like, I'm so excited to hear this music, and I was like, it's a play. (laughs) Do you remember that? And we were sitting on the stage. Yeah, I do, because I, I don't know that I even knew that it was a play first. Oh, all right. Or I did, and I just, you know, you associate, you associate Yentl with Barbara Streisand. Well, yeah. Okay. So like back to the liquid plane. I, I mean, I was thinking about this when I was watching it too, that I was like, I wonder how this person would identify, um, like in today times because yeah, like also like as a lesbian, when you see stories like that, like you want to claim something like that. You're like, you want to claim them as part of my people, my lesbians or whatever. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I would say based on how the character is presented in the play, I would say that they're trans. Hmm. I would, I don't want to say bye, uh, but I feel like the play supported that. And I, if, especially if, you know, we talked to the playwright and she was like, no, this, this is, this is how I was writing this character. I wouldn't be like, well, you didn't do a good job because I can see that. Right. But I don't know. I think in my ever conscious mind of like not where we don't try to label people or, or categorize people even as they want to be categorized. Um, I just sort of took it at, uh, I don't want to say face value, but a little bit that. But don't you, there was a part where, I think it was in, yeah, it was in the second act. Um, there was a part where, what's the character's name? I forget. Demby? Yeah, Demby was saying that when he met Ajua. And they like became lovers, and then she realized I do, you know that what? he I was woman body. I do remember that. Yeah, and um, and then and like accepted him for how he was, but it wasn't like they entered into a yeah, lesbian relationship. True. I forgot about initially. that part because Adjua, yeah, Adjua yeah. always associated yeah. Demby as as that's male. True. I forgot about that. Um, Gender is a social construct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, no spoilers. <laughs> That's no all spoilers. essentially in the first scene. Honestly, like when I was watching this play, I was like, this is going to sound shocking. <gasps> but I was like, this is the show. If I had to recommend anything, like don't miss this show. Mm-hmm. This is the show. Like more than anything this season. What's shocking? Like what? That I wouldn't pick Sideshow or Fun Home. Oh, well, Sideshow, you can't recommend that. Sure, sure, sure. No, but I'm saying like... <laughs> yeah, I see. Like if somebody was like, I was thinking about seeing a show, I was thinking about seeing Fun Home, or I was thinking about seeing The Liquid Plane. Ah. I would tell them to see The Liquid Plane. Well, I also feel like um, as far as productions of it, Fun exactly. Home has a life Well, that's like definitely part of it because plays. Fun Home is going to have much more of a life than this play probably yeah. will. Um, just it's like, you know signature and everything well it actually i believe it premiered in 
yeah. Chicago. Right. But still, like, people But, like, also, also like, a heavy show about a transgendered former slave, that show is not going to get produced as much as right. even a lesbian musical about a dead dad. You know, yeah. like, these are both heavy subjects. But, yeah. Um, but one people, has music. One has music <laughs> and one has slavery. <sighs> so... <laughs> Why are we still talking about that? <laughs> yeah. Get over it. Oh my God. I, I, nope. I thought that the way they handled like the the anecdotes about slavery that mm-hmm. Adua and Demby put in, like I thought those were because the show was I wish the audience I saw it with was a little different because it was like a lot of old white people who weren't laughing at the parts oh. that were funny. Okay. Because there was plenty of funny parts yeah. in the show. Um I was laughing alone. <laughs> um ah, that happens to us a lot. Yeah. My audience was pretty on point. Really? We had to go separate days. But yeah. my audience was pretty on point, which is interesting because it was like a Saturday matinee. Wow. But it was pretty diverse, a, kind of a youngish audience. What? Yeah, I got like the old white people Sorry. audience. There was definitely you like people of color there too. Audience. I did get the subscriber <laughs> audience. Damn it! Uh, I hate seeing shows with subscriber audiences. It totally changes because there was like at the top of the show immediately. I was like there were jokes and I was laughing because they were funny, yeah. and nobody else was laughing. Uh, well, um, they probably didn't know if they were supposed were to allowed to right. or supposed to right. or sure. just laugh. It's okay. just laugh, guys. Just laugh. Yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah. Mm. Um, Wait, I was in the middle of a sorry, story, but I can't remember what I was talking um, about. Their anecdotes about slavery. Ah, yes. The, it it, it was a, a very good tonal shift from having jokes and, you know, dealing with plot line mm-hmm. to one of them being like, this is what, like, this is what happened and yeah. this is why it's so fucking awful. I thought the most effective scene in that respect was when they they so the show sets them up as they're runaway slaves they're working on the stock um they uh are like they fix they mend sails and mend cloth and things like that and then and they um, also like find the bodies of drowned people yes, so, and sailors take and their take things. their stuff <laughs> take their stuff so they someone washes up and they pull him up and it turns out he's not dead and there's a scene and he doesn't remember who he is, so they create an identity for him to use him uh, as their own helper. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where they treat him as if he is on the mm. block at a slavery auction. Yeah. And right, because he says he like says something. He's always like threatening to send to like report them yeah. as runaways, and like. You know, trying to exert whatever minuscule power he actually has in this world as someone who has no idea who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, But But he knows he's a white man. But he knows he's white. Yeah. Um, And they were like, yeah, that was good. I mean, he's not a good man. No. He He has good moments, but he is not a good man. And he does some good things. And this doesn't change... It doesn't change him. He still does terrible things later in the show, but it does affect him. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. And I think it's a a tribute to the actors and the writing, all three of them, and his his reactions that were, like, not... He couldn't... He sort of couldn't act as if he was affected in front of these these two uh, runaway slaves who he felt were below him, but he couldn't help but be affected by it. Yeah. It was a great, great scene. Yeah. It was a great production. The whole all around. So good. Really good. Go see it. 
go see it. It runs at Signature through March 29th. So get um, there. Signature is great. All tickets are $25. All tickets, you guys. All tickets. I walked up to the box office. I said, ticket please, Saturday night, $25, <laughs> yeah. no fees. Yeah. And that's just for the shows, though, that Signature puts on. Right. There are other sure shows thing. at Signature Theater, as we talked about the last time, that are renting out the space. Right. Um, so their ticket prices may vary. But the shows that Signature produces are $25. Go see that. Yeah. Go see Big Love. Yes. Do it. Do it. All about the minority shows this week. <laughs> we also saw the World of Extreme Happiness. Yep. Which is an MTC show. Yeah. And it's that good. is the minority in question here is Chinese people. <laughs> it's great. I'm I mean, there's there's still so much more work that needs to be produced by all different kinds of yep. people. But I feel like we've seen so much this season that's been uh, by no. minorities, minorities, but also just different points of view. Ah. You know, I mean, again, so no more white not, men. We're not there, but you know, uh, it's just encouraging. Yeah, I think. I thought this play was um, in, good, interesting, a little, a little clunky at times. Um, the tone. Yeah, there was some tonal the problems, tonal issues where you weren't quite sure, like, yeah. What the, what the reaction it, was? Yeah, because to be. it flipped very quickly to being very serious, and that happens sometimes. But um, you know what is interesting that we saw both of these shows because I thought the most poignant part of this play, uh, Extreme World of Happiness, was when <sighs> I don't Sunny. No, no. Ming, ma- the guy from Thoroughly Modern Millie. Bonfu. Bonfu. His, his character's, his character's name. name from Thoroughly Modern Millie. Just, um, um, hold on. Let me pull when he when he was telling that story about when he was a child and the the other family and his family traded his brother. Oh God, yes. That was like when in uh, the Liquid Plain they were talking about slavery. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the same type of where yeah. they were like. Also. Oof. It's hard to understand just how fucked up living in China is. And even this play can't Absolutely. really can't really show that. But like people talk about it, but we still people go on vacation there and they yeah. see the Great Wall right. of China and I would love to travel there, but at the same time, do I want to give tourist dollars to that crazy fucking country? Right. Um I don't want to discount all of the culture and all of the history sure, that it right. has to offer. But clearly. This... Um, but you see something like this and you're like, I don't know that I want to contribute right. uh, to what may or may not be happening there right. if this is the truth, if this is the reality. Right. You don't want to go on vacation and support North Korea either. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Francis Jew. That's I name. love him. <laughs> He's so wonderful. Oh my god, that that arena scene was fucking oh my amazing. Gosh, yeah. Also, can we just talk about the great fucking sound design in this play? Oh yeah. Excellent so, sound design. <laughs> Real quick, the the basic story is it's about a girl named Sunny who was born during I think it still is kind of like this, but maybe not as public um during that time where girl babies were killed and given away and not oh, wanted. Oh, is that a thing that stopped? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think for all intents and purposes, they say it has. Uh, oh, sure. Right. 
they're still like only have two kids, but supposedly, I don't know if this is actually true. Like what I'm saying, if it's specifically this, I think there are still rules about how many kids you should have, but to, to the outside world, it's like, but if, if you have more than that, it's okay. Mm. We just recommend you don't. But, you know, again, plays like this would then make me think, like, I feel like you're still just killing babies. Right. Who knows? That was what was so... Sorry to interrupt, but, like, no, that was okay. was so jarring. I think about the the first scene, I think, was where the tone problems began. <laughs> um, but because, like, that opening scene was, like, you had the dad um, and that other character that disappeared after that scene he was like a, he, he was like also telly leung's second character telly leung's character in the first scene where he, he was just shooting I the shit was also the son later on the midwife's son who was gonna right. strike so he was in it later oh those were the two same characters yes. got it okay because that makes remember sense. Right. she was like get out of here right she okay right because well, people were playing multiple so in, yeah, yeah yeah so but in that scene it was like you had them being like fuck piss shit fuck and like you know, talking smack like dudes, dudes do. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, you had Sonny's mother, you know, trying to give birth and like being comical about it. But then the cruelty with which they treat Sonny after, right after she's born. Also, I'm like, fundam- I'm like kind of opposed to like on stage birthing scene because it's just, I don't. I don't like show. I don't like when things are happening on something like that. That like she just gave birth, and I know sometimes that happens. Yeah, like the baby just shoots out of you. I would say most of the time that's not how it happens. Yeah, and the like I don't know. It, it bothers. It like takes me out of the moment where mm. I'm like, what? She did, she just went through labor that fast. Come on, and then then I'm like distracted yeah. and I, it kind of bothers me. It seemed like it was the end of a long process, but I understand what you're yes. saying. Um, anyway, and she did seem to stand back there and struggle a little bit. That made me think, bit. oh, she after birth, but she still recovered a little too. Right, but whatever. Know. It's technicality. She's giving birth outside, uh, standing up the way she's supposed to the way that we're told is sure (laughs) most most natural but like Um, the the cruelty to which they like threw the baby away Mm -hmm. literally like in a slop bucket juxtaposed with like the humor that we use at the beginning of the scene and then it was sort of like wait i'm confused how are what how are you me like the tonal shifts like whereas in the and i hate that we're like comparing these two because they don't have anything to do with each other we just happened to see them we just saw them close to each other and but and because i thought like the liquid plane was able to tonally shift so skillfully Mm -hmm. where you knew you like I mean, whatever. Obviously, the old white people in my audience did not know when they were allowed to laugh. I could tell what was when was laughing points and when were not laughing Mm -hmm. points. And in the world of extreme happiness, I thought that it wasn't clear what was supposed to be funny and when we were supposed to be like emotional Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they try to throw away the baby girl, but she's alive. Another weird tonal shift is then the dad is like when she turns out to still be alive. I think in a way that they meant to be like, oh, this is an omen from the gods. But instead it seemed like, oh, I'm in love with this baby. What? I don't believe. I don't remember like, that. Like when he's like, oh, she's still alive. She's smiling. Oh, also um, newborn babies don't smile. Yeah, that's that, true. That, that took me out too. I was that like, that's not. That baby should have been screaming right from the beginning. Also. Yeah. Okay. 
you know. See, this is like, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because we talked about this a little bit after after the show where yeah. I was like, sometimes in a show, like, I feel like the rule is always like, show us, don't tell us. Mm-hmm. Like, action is always preferred. But the parts that were chosen in the story to be action, as in the birth, like, no spoilers, but like, a onstage strangling later yeah. in the show, like... Those parts, I was just like, I don't, I don't think it's most effective in your storytelling to show us that. Yeah, like it's not. Well, and I, I understand know. that. I feel like though, we are aware of it, and not saying other people aren't, but either they're able to just like um, suspend their disbelief because it's also just a common thing that happens in all entertainment, like if you watch a show, if you watch a law and order and someone gets shot or whatever, do you know how long it takes for someone to bleed out? Right. Like a long time. It takes a long time, you know, unless you're shot in the head. uh, Right. I going to be alive for a little bit. They like, you know, they're like, that person's dead. And they check their pulse. Like they shoot them. Two seconds later, they check the pulse. They're dead. And you're like, that's not it. So, so yes, I'm with you. And I understand that. I think I understand. Think I understand why they showed these, especially those those situations, especially to to an audience in America. I feel like the absolute cruelty of right. it, especially throwing the baby in the slop bucket. It's you know it's supposed to be jarring. I think it would have been more effective if the mother was off stage the whole time screaming periodically Mm -hmm. throughout the scene implying that she was pushing the entire time during the scene and then at the end of the scene the midwife came out with the baby and threw it away and then yeah it just yeah stupid technical shit like that but it trips you up and and then you're not focused on the story talking about and not exactly the show was really good it was good some tonal issues but it was really good really great really great performances yeah and, like, just super interesting as, you know, white Americans who don't know jack shit about China. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always good to learn new things. Right. Even horrifying things. Oh, right, right. Um, I don't think I ever finished saying what the show was about. <laughs> Aside from the fact well, that... Well, she... Okay, so she, Sunny, survives and she moves to the city to mm-hmm. work in a factory because I guess in China there's, like... Obviously, there's like a lot of poverty in the mm-hmm. rural, rural, that word, rural, the rural, rural God damn it. <laughs> rural, rural, the rural, what, what's it called? Will you just say the word? The rural, juror. no, 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 say, just say rural, uh, rural, rural, yeah, God damn it. Rural. 30 Rock ruined me. <sighs> the people living out in the farmland, very, 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 very poor. <laughs> oh, one thing I was good that I thought was interesting was, um, that the use of the word peasants. Yes. They call themselves peasants. peasants. I wonder they what the word in Chinese is. There is and a, they, um, what the, what, like, I guess whatever the word that they call peasants, that that's whatever the yeah. translation is that uh, it translates to English as peasants. Yeah. Peasants in English is such an outdated word yeah. that you would never use which, it. I mean, there still kind of is that feudal system, which is where hmm. the word peasants comes from. At least this, so this play has led me to believe. Right. Um, that I was found very thought, interesting. Me too. Me there's, too. I know you don't like um director's notes, but there's mm. a director's note in the playbill oh. about that. About um, the word peasant? Not about the word peasant, but about that, um, about that class of society, ah. basically in China that they, um, 
they're basically uh, like she also referred to them in the play. Sonny referred to them as fellow migrant workers. Right. They are essentially illegal aliens in their own country because they live out in the country. They're, I guess, the way that it doesn't say this explicitly, but the way that it's written and calling them illegal aliens. Uh, it makes me think that there's not a lot of documentation out there. Oh, so they don't have like IDs. Right. So they just come to the city essentially huh. as um, like non-existent entities. Shit. Like she can't read. Sunny can't read. She didn't go to school. Or she went to fourth grade. Something like Fourth that. grade but still couldn't read. And then get these shit jobs in factories. Right. Um, and there's nowhere else for them to go. And the part of the conflict of the show too is like what's better being ignorant in the country but perhaps happy or being in the city working your ass off being surrounded by something right um and possibly you know getting your own money not much but getting something right it's interesting it was very interesting so the new yorker life (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um so that the world of extreme happiness is at it's an MTC show. It's at the um, city center stage yeah. one. The show also runs through the 29th, March 29th. So go get your tickets go in see the next em. couple weeks. I saw uh, another play in the same area, theater space in the underground of city center. Um, this week I saw um, Bright Half Life, which is basically like constellations, but with lesbians. Yeah. Um, I actually like, okay, so like I didn't like constellations, mm-hmm. was not my cup of tea. Um, and I thought that this was like the version of constellations that I like, not just because it's about lesbians, <laughs> but because the like in um, constellations was like using that style um, with the tiny little scenes, but in under the idea of like the multiverse or whatever, right. where it's like multiple universes and con- and um, Bright Half Life was like using the same style of jump, like a completely erratic timeline, very short scenes and like bouncing around and all of that. But um, there was no multi, multi like it the scenes were happening. One story, one story, one story that was, you could follow and you knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, so again, like extremely impressive acting from the two women um, who were, who were, who were in it. It was a good story. I liked it. God, I was really impressed with them. And mm. then the story was good and lesbians. Um, it's by the women's project theater, um, which I think this is actually maybe the first production of theirs that I've seen. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, um, it was great and mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. And also there was like, it was like a queer trivia night and which was hosted by the, the women's project and also honest accomplice, the theater company that, that I'm that you're involved all in donating to on that, that everyone is going to the Kickstarter and donating to honest accomplices mm-hmm. Kickstarter immediately and getting Maggie Keenan Bolger made buttons and all that good shit. Um, but yeah, so there was trivia afterwards Woo-hoo. and what'd the you, grand prize was tickets to fun home. And I fucking won Woo-woo-woo. guys. It was wonderful. I won tickets to Fun Home. Beth Malone hosted. So, like, Beth Malone was, like, doing the questions. Cherry Jones was there. Ugh. Like, just at the... She just came. Well, sure. She, she, she was just there. Theater and um, ladies and lady right? theater. Uh, Lee Silverman was the, also there. She directed the play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she was there, too. And it was also amazing because the first half of trivia, we were in teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was, like, on a team of four or whatever with, with some people that I knew. And then... 
Cherry Jones was also on a team. Um, and then one of the ch- questions was about Cherry Jones. <laughs> it was amazing. That's amazing. It was really good. I love that. It was, it was really amazing. Yes, of course. <laughs> and she was like covering her face and looked like really embarrassed. And I was like, we love you, Cherry Jones. Is she the answer? Yeah, no, it was the question was name um, one of the shows that Cherry Jones won a Tony for. Ah. Um, yeah. And I forget who answered it correctly. Somebody was that's like, unfair answer. advantage, team five. They can't answer. Was it? Yeah, that's was, that was Cherry Jones's team. Um, but yeah, funny. so we like my team absolutely. Oh, I got one question right in the group round. Okay. Um, I was just like, I have a hard, I, I'm not good at fast, right. fast trivia recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, when she was just like calling on random people, who whoever's hand went up first, like I, we failed at that. And the other people on my team were like, I don't know the answers to any of these. <laughs> and I was like, I know the answers to some of them, but most of them, I, they were a little like, yeah. hard or a lot of, I did, I was like, I haven't watched Angels in America in like 10 mm-hmm. years. Um, but the one question was like, it was like character, you know, it was like, here's a description of a character, name the yeah. character in the show. Oh. And it was like, <laughs> the question was, <laughs> Beth Malone was like, she was like, this woman makes pants. And I was like, Sealy, the color purple. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I got a point for my team. And then we did lightning round, which was like um, individual, you know, and each person. It was like a spelling bee. Oh, okay. Um, and I got all, and I won. Yeah. It was great. That's and my most triumphant moment was when the question was, the question was, there was a question earlier about Aida. Uh-huh. Um, it was like, who composed Aida or whatever? Okay. Elton John. Yeah. And then there was a question later that was, name and El- a musical that Elton John wrote besides Aida. Right. And <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind, obviously, was Lestat. Right. So I said Lestat, and then everyone cracked up, and then Beth Malone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you, what? Like, that's the one you, you say Lestat, yeah. not like Billy Elliot or The Lion King. And I'm not shitting you, because I was A, anxious mm-hmm. and, like, nervous, and yeah. Beth Malone was standing right next to me, and all and a lot of adrenaline, and, yeah. like, I'm, like, not... Not shitting you when I was like, I was like, oh, God, Elton John, Aida, okay, what's uh, Lestat? Like, yeah. it was the first thing that sure. came to my well, mind. that's not surprising. I mean, I understand right? what she's saying. Sure. And then when, well, when, and I was like so nervous and I walked up back to the end of the line and when she was like making fun of me, uh, I was literally like, those are the other shows he wrote. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's just how my brain yeah, works. that's all right. Lestat. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of what the other questions I got right were. Oh, mm. my other one that I was very proud of that I knew was um, naming someone else that starred in the On, a Ta- on the Town revival with Leah Delaria. And I was like, Jesse Tyler yeah, Ferguson, which is amazing because I li- could not name anyone nope, else that was in I that revival either. except for Jesse, Jesse Tyler, Tyler Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. And it was also, I was very lucky because there was other questions that other, that people were getting in that round that, that I did not know the nice. answer to. That if I had gotten those questions, yeah. I would have been out. But I just nice. got really lucky and I knew all the answers well, to the questions. theater gods were looking down upon They them. were. They knew that I needed free tickets to Fun Home. doesn't need free I mean, tickets to Fun Home. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Fun Home. We're like, uh, we're like 11 oh, days God, away from wait. first preview. I cannot wait. 12 days? I don't know. We're seeing it in like a month. I know. Well, well I'm going to first preview. Right. Well, I mean, I'm planning on right. getting, hoping, hopefully getting rush tickets. Hopefully yeah. the lesbian theater gods will smile upon me. 
Did you just get like a voucher for tickets? Yeah. They give you to, oh. It's a voucher. I have to like email them and yeah. figure out when I can go. But okay. yes, I'm very excited. And everyone go see Bright Half Life. Yes. It runs through the 22nd. So get in there. Get in there. Real quick. You got, you got the, a week. You got a week. Yeah. See it. It's very good. So if you want to see Bright Half-Life, which you should, and you only have a week to do it, um, I have a discount code for you, which will get you tickets for $30, which is half off. Um, And the discount code is WPLGBT, Women's Project LGBT. Right. Um, So yeah, WPLGBT, $30 tickets to Bright Half-Life, closes on the 22nd, get thee to the theater. But no Q and I. Oops. (laughs) That's not very inclusive, everyone. Also this week, I saw Molly fucking Pope. Molly fucking Pope. Molly fucking Pope. Um, sh- I mean, listen, you guys, you know how we feel about Molly Pope. Absolutely. Of course, by now you've listened to our interview with Paul- Molly Pope. You know that we worship Molly Pope. You've watched all of her YouTube you've, videos. You've clearly gone through her entire catalog of videos on the YouTube, and you know that she is amazing. And you get it. And you get it. And I will be there next month on April 10th. Right. Yeah, so Molly is doing a monthly show at um, Duplex, the Duplex Cabaret upstairs. Um, it's going to be, it's the second Friday of every month for the next four months at least. Um, those are the ones that are like up on the, the right. calendar and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, we love, I love Molly Pope so much. She's so great. And she always just... She's so she always surprises me. Every time I see her, she does some song or some mashup that is just so brilliant. And mm-hmm. you're like, I would not have ever. That isn't. I like what a genius. Yeah. Um. And she did the she did some of her good standards. Um. And then she also did some new stuff that I thought was amazing. Well, and to um echo what Molly said, she's a genius. Also, her music directors are geniuses. Right. Brian Nash with. was her yeah, music director for, for this, this show. show. Um. And. One of my favorites was when um, she sang Poor Judd is Dead. Oh, my God. And, like, talked about her (gasps) ex-boyfriend. It was fucking genius. It was really fucking beautiful. And just so you don't, like, hate yourself right now because you weren't there. I mean, you should hate yourself because you weren't there, but you can come next month. Um, But I filmed the entire show. Legally. Legally. Molly asked you to. Molly asked me to. (laughs) You know, I bootlegged it. (laughs) Um, And she's talking about it. Right. No. She'll send it to you. It will be on, it will be on on YouTube. Um, Oh, my God. That is amazing. So you can watch it. That song always freaked me out so much whenever I watched. For some reason, Oklahoma was like always on encore. It was either Oklahoma or Chorus Line. Mm. I remember like I would turn the TV on and those two movies would be on. And I, God, whenever it was at that part, I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> it was like, oh, and I feel like we were talking about this recently. Oh, we, I think we were talking about it with Molly in her interview. Oh, that makes sense. Well, well, like the thing where when a song starts and the audience all together oh, realizes yeah. what song is happening. Mm-hmm. So that obviously happened with Porch because it's sort of like she set up a bit and then started singing and all of a sudden everyone was like, oh my God, you're a genius. It was wonderful. Oh. Um, she also did, oh my God, okay. <laughs> Molly Pope mashups. Molly Pope mashes mm. up the songs like nobody else mashes them up. She did a mashup of Now You Know and Not a Day Goes By. And I lost my fucking mind. Interesting. It was incredible. It was so, it was so powerful and emotional. And like, this is what's so goddamn brilliant about Molly Pope is that she can, can be like 
talking about her cat dying from cancer yeah. and like her janky gynecologist appointment and she's making you laugh your face off and then she's like now I'm gonna punch you in your heart mm. and she does yeah. and then you're like crying and you're like Molly <laughs> also also she made out with someone from the audience and she got a back rub Molly Pope is a genius she's great this new this this New series of shows, I think, surrounding them on the, under the um, the umbrella of social media and how we interact with social media yeah. is amazing and like works really well um, for her and gives her a lot of space to explore. Also fun that it's such like a strange juxt- juxtaposition of this modern mm. technology and this very old, old style of cabaret. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. Oh, so great. She April had a part 10th. where she was like, everyone look at your phones now. It's hilarious. And she, and she, and she like, oh my God, it was so our, fucking um, funny. Yeah, she podcast. worked, right? I don't think she actually workshopped it, but she mentioned it. <laughs> she like went to her purse over by the piano, got her phone out, walked back to the spot on the stage while looking at her phone, kept staring at it, was looking at her, scrolling through her phone, <laughs> looked up and was like, keep, you know, keep checking. You know, like it was just, it was so, it was yeah. so funny. It was such a perfect perfect cabaret moment and everyone come on you guys second friday the second friday of the month and i believe the next date is april 10th yes, at 9 30 um and i am telling you molly you're not pope, going no no no. and i'm telling you i will always see molly pope um i'm uh her shows do sell out yes so you do need to buy to like reserve a ticket online buy a ticket online mm-hmm. um because it was standing room only Woo-hoo. it's also it's a, a, small a small room venue, it's only like so. 50 seats yeah um and molly pope sells sells that shit out so yeah. definitely don't miss it you guys yeah so those are all the shows we saw this week Oof. There has been some theater news, <gasps> some show announcements. Um, Audra McDonald. Ah! Nice. You're welcome. Godra. Godra McDonald. Coming back to the Broadway. Seven-time Tony Award winner, Audra goddamn McDonald. In a super interesting sounding show that she's working on with um, Savian Glover. I mean, she's not working on the show, right, itself, right, right. But, sure, you sure. know, which I love Savian Glover. And he just makes me think of, um, like Sesame street and my childhood. He's a tap dancer. Oh, wonderful. That's great. Um, is Audra going to tap? Uh, I don't can know. Can she tap? I don't know. She can do everything. I don't know that it's like a tap show. Okay. I'm sure that I know the, so, okay, here's what the show is about. It's called shuffle along. Wait, I need to find the full title. Shuffle off to Buffalo. Yes, that's what it's called. The full title is Shuffle Along or The Making of the Musical Sensation of 1921 and All That Followed. What? Are they going to put the entirety of that on a marquee? Oh, God, I hope so. Amazing. I don't think they have a theater yet. But um, so the show is about a show. It's a show about a show. Oh, a show about a show. Title of show. It was a real musical from the 1921 season that um, it played Uptown had like a tough time out of town. Okay. But it came to This is some if it only even runs a minute shit. Yeah, yeah. And it um it I believe it was like one of the first shows that um was created by and, and starring African American performers. Oh. And everyone was like were like skeptical of it and it became the Racist. hit of the season. Ha-ha! Well, and because it had such like a hard time out sure, of town. Sure, sure. Um, and all the people of the day came, the Gershwins and Fanny cool. Bryce and 
uh, it became a huge hit. And so this show is about the making of that oh, the, show. Oh, interesting. Wait, yeah. I feel like when we were at If It Only Runs on It a few weeks ago, um, there was, what was the show that in the concert they were talking about, like there was a musical and it like closed in previews because it had a lot of problems. And then the creators tried to write another musical that was about oh, writing the musical. Yes. But I don't remember what don't it was. Remember Call Jen Tepper. Ask somebody. Was it ask Jen Tepper. Reagan musical? No, maybe it wasn't the Reagan musical. Don't remember. Anyway, don't remember I'm so glad I told that story for all of you listeners. It really enhanced the podcast. Yeah, it really helped. It's just what we're doing is we're giving you something to to investigate for us because yeah. we're lazy. Well, also just as a challenge. Sure, as a challenge. Yes. Find out what find out what that musical was. <laughs> we can't remember. Let us know. Email There's us. So many shows. So many runs shows. A minute. There are. Um, yeah, but I think it sounds super, super interesting. The director, George C. Wolf and Savian Glover previously collaborated in, with Bring in Defunk, Bring in the Noise. Wait, nope, Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Funk. Damn it. Bring in the Noise, Bring in the Funk. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So, and Wolf is also writing um, the libretto as well. And Audra McDonald's going to win and, seven Tonys. I'm not sure who Audra McDonald is going to play based on this. I, I, I well, just don't know. I don't know if she's going to play. a Tony for Well, yeah. I don't know if she's going to play one of the creative team or mm. one of the actors. Oh, I hope she plays. I hope she plays a lady composer. <laughs> I'm not sure these names are. Shh, there's a lady composer and Audra's going to play it. Well, I'm checking because I don't know if the name Yubi is. Uh, female or male? Female or male. Male. But Audra McDonald transcends gender and race. She sure, can play she can do a anyone. pants role. Yeah, do it, Audra. Come on, expand yourself. I mean, you've already won a Tony in all the categories, so yeah, you might as well Victor <gasps> oh Victoria this. So what if there was a revival Wait, of Victor she... Victoria with Audra McDonald? Also true. If she's playing a man, can, can she, she win in the male role? In the male, it... in the male category? Oh my god! I mean, I guess not because like you have. I was um, gonna say Trunchbull and yeah, they were all and, and Harvey. Uh, yeah, in uh. Um, hairspray yep they were you know right. I, I they were nominated in the male categories is. and i feel like they should be but sure like, sure 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 uh it would be funny gender's a social She's construct like, i've won that's the second time you said that <laughs> i know <laughs> call back <laughs> um yeah but this show sounds fucking amazing well or i think audra mcdonald should also like help out with the book and get a book credit so she can win a tony for book because i'm telling you she needs to expand to more categories just win them all right this is yeah. what i'm saying yeah if if Audra McDonald were What if Audra McDonald never wins the Isabel Stevenson Award? Because they're like, you have too many. Well, that would might happen. Right? That's fine. No, I just think it would be kind of funny. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like what <laughs> if what if Audra McDonald never wins a lifetime achievement award? Because people are like, You've had your moment. Yeah, you you're awards you're good. Show you're, your you've lifetime got it. achievement. Right, right. Well, I mean Oh my god, that would be just It'd be funny. It's the, kind of the point of that. Well, I guess it's not the point of the Lifetime Achievement Award, but it's used often to to give an award to those who have had a great career but, but have haven't won, an won award, the award. Which is like a better right. award anyway, because then it's like it's acknowledging your whole body right. of work right. and that you contributed, and not just you won right the competitive these other people. Right. right. Anyway, Godra McDonald wins another Tony. She's getting. She's so well excited. on her way to my prediction. Twelve. No, I predicted 16. Oh, so I you predicted, predicted 12. 12. I predicted 16. I, I still think 12. 16. <laughs> I say shoot for the moons. Even well, if you okay. miss, you land among the stars. That's a good one, Barf. Did you Sorry. come up with that? No. I know. 
another thing that we're super, super, super excited about, but it's so early that I don't know how excited we should be. A League of Their Own Music. Oh my God. That Jason Robert Brown. Listen, I mean, we talked about this we, like like we two weeks ago. We were talking, We didn't we do on the podcast, we like Dreamcast because we were talking about Kate Baldwin because we saw Kate Baldwin, John Jay, remember. she was wearing baseball stuff and we were like, Kate Baldwin should be in the A like League of Their Own. I feel like we mentioned it on the podcast, but we haven't full out talked like Dreamcast, like Dreamcast the whole Cast thing. It. But yeah. listen, A, we love A League of Their Own. Oh my B, God. we love Who musicals. We talk about A League of Their Own becoming a musical all the time right. and literally yesterday... It was like a real fucking thing that is real yeah. and is Jason Robert Brown is working on it. Well, oh my God, Jason Robert Brown. I, remember, I just want to, I'm sorry, that's okay. but I just feel like a RuPaul, don't fuck it up. Mm. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. This is like, like, I feel like, okay, when 9 to 5 the musical was coming to Broadway, I was like so excited and I was like, oh my God, I love that movie. I can't mm-hmm. wait. But I feel, you know, a lot of people are extremely precious at, with their things and are like, don't, <laughs> you better. change it. Just don't fuck Right. It up. And I was more like, I love 9 to 5. I can't wait to see how it works mm-hmm. as a musical. And this is the first time I have ever felt very protective of something mm-hmm. and been like, Jason Robert Brown, if you fuck this up, I will hate you forever. Well, you, it's not going to be his fault though. He doesn't do book this is he true and all the music, music he ever writes is like really fucking yeah. good so yeah. so don't frank wildhorn him oh <gasps> i'm sorry jason <laughs> i mean i hear what you're saying right i'm, I'm just like i'm that. very i'm I'm, I'm scared i don't with. i don't want it to be first wives club yeah you know i don't think it'll be first wives club well it's jason robert brown i mean jason robert brown is fucking incredible right. so like i just i, I want it to be good especially i want it to be like the best musical i've ever seen especially for his broadway shows i think i think this might be the one because the one it's well like, the one like, that like hits oh god i hope and I don't so oh my god don't hit, jinx it I oh mean, my god find some wood no this is from ikea i already said that about honeymoon and i wasn't 100 percent right about that so um, you jinxed it i didn't jinx yes you did knock knock on the floor the floor jinxes. is wood the floor is wood two knocks knock, patty rubbery god damn you do it all right everybody are you listening good thank you thank you but because most of his shows have been critically lauded um, and they just have had a hard time finding an audience. Right. This is a property that is as known and beloved as I think you can get. Uh, and I think it will, I think it will attract an audience. And then the question from there is how good the show is. Oh God. I hope it's good. Kate Baldwin. I feel Jesse Mueller's kit. Oh Yes. Norbert Leo Butts Norbert, is Tom Hanks. Absolutely, absolutely. Bringing them back absolutely. together. Also in like a non-romantic role, which I love. Yes. Um, oh, God, please no forced romance. No. Don't. No, no, she has a husband. Well, I know, but I'm just saying don't just, 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 just don't just in anywhere in the show. Yeah. Just no. Yeah, don't make it a conflict. The, sh- the show is about baseball. And there, well, there's, there's plenty of romance in the show. Sure. Marla and her husband. Right. To be I just don't want, I don't want. I don't want, I forget what his character's, I don't want Andy Carl's character in 9 to 5. Oh. You know, where they were like, you know who needs a love interest? Violet. No, she doesn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's, if you look for it, there's enough love in there. Exactly. And Gina Davis's character, um, what's her name? Dottie. Dottie and her husband, Bill. Yeah. Who was also played by Bill. Just, I feel very, I very, this, this is a show that's very close to my heart. I get it. Uh What I remember saying when I found out that Bull Durham was happening I want to know how that worked and how well that did because that to me was like, okay, now if we see how they did Bull Durham, 
then we can see how a, mu- a sh- musical mm. with a lot of baseball in it would work on stage mm. because the musicals that have baseball in it do not have baseball on stage. Right. And this needs like somebody, whoever's doing the show things. needs like to be a chore- choreography genius. Ah, yes. But it's like, it's also, you know, you, whoever did the choreography for Lysistrata Jones, get on board because they did all that basketball choreography That's true. and the That's basketball true. choreography was pretty yeah. good. I mean, we need to see some baseball. Yeah. And I think. We need some um, slide, the splits, catch the dirt ball. Dirt in the skirt. Got to do it. We need to see some dirt in the skirt. Yeah. We got to see the split catch, the time cover. Kate Baldwin, start, start doing her, yoga. She said she could do the split. Excellent. <laughs> good. <laughs> Wow. Daddy's supposed to Good be Good for her. She's tall. She's so. perfect. Yeah. <gasps> um, who else? A friend of ours, Dreamcast Tori Ross is Marla Hooch, which on point. Let's Love do it. it. Oh my God, that's perfect. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Marla Hooch. Hooch. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's real good. They better keep the baseball song in there. Jason Robert Brown. Yeah, get the rights. We're the members of. I mean, I'm sure they'll give it to you. I hope so. Yeah. God, I'm so excited. I can't. It's going to be so many years until we actually get to see it. I know. He's like just <laughs> working on They're it like, now. he bought the rights. Uh, well, he did say, he tweeted not that long ago that he had written his first new song in like <gasps> two years. And that's that's the first thing I thought about. I was oh my like, God, it was oh a League God. of Their Own it was song. A song for a League oh of Their God, Own. Oh God, I'm so excited. Which also must, I mean, I don't know what his process is, but I feel like that must mean there's a book writer. I have no idea. But I'm so excited. I'm so. I'm going to be nothing but optimistic. (sighs) Me too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I just, I. Understanding. I don't want to get my hopes up, but it might be my favorite musical of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Don't get your hopes up. I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but it might be the perfect musical that surpasses all musicals. (sighs) Jason, no pressure. I love the. Oh my God. What are they going to do about the, like, I hope they keep in the, um, the reunion and just do like <gasps> awesome old age makeup and Kate Baldwin could wear that wig again. Oh my God. For big, for big fish. fish. She could wear her big fish wig again. Wait, but how would that, are they going to have like lady. an ensemble cast of older people? Well, how are I you going to put people in old age makeup and then you're going to wipe it off real quick yeah. and like have a nice ensemble what, number yeah. of like, like flashback, flashback, flashback. <laughs> yeah. I think they would do old age makeup. They're not going to be like, hey, old timers, we Amazing. need you for one scene. Well, and the end, bookend. Oh, God, the end. That oh, makes it, but, but that makes it really difficult. How do you put old age makeup at the beginning and old age makeup? I mean, whatever. Like, I don't it's care. Like, okay, okay, okay. Just the wigs. Just the I wigs. I just don't want them It doesn't to, need to be like a lot of face well, makeup. Right. I just don't want them to drop. Now that I'm sitting don't here drop, thinking right, about Don't it, drop like, the framing don't, device. Please don't drop it. Because, God, the end of it, I'm like going to start crying. Oh. I haven't watched the movie in a long time. Still Well Angel's mom is dead. Spoiler alert. Who? <laughs> Still Well Angel. The little boy. Oh, God damn it. And they're all in the, the Hall of Fame. They're, yeah, they're in the Baseball Hall of Fame and they're women. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Guys, Patty Devery's crying I'm right crying. now. I love baseball so much. When I was babysitting my nephew the other night and he was crying and he wouldn't shut up and I just kept <laughs> saying to him, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> he did not know what I was talking about no. and he kept crying. He also wasn't playing baseball. Well, I just, I didn't know what <laughs> no, to do. Wasn't. I couldn't, he was crying. I couldn't calm him down. So I just was yelling at him. I mean, I wasn't, I was like, there's what? no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. That's funny. That's what you were He's trying a cold. to soothe him with. Yeah. It's hard being a baby. Yeah. You can't say what's wrong with he him. He doesn't understand how to blow his nose. Yeah. What a, you gotta use God, that, that sounds that terrible. disgusting, sucky thing. I know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, League of Their Own is the... Oh, my God. 
that's all. No word. No, no full sentences. I'm going to watch that movie this week. Oh, yeah. Definitely watch it now and then watch it like six months before you see a production of it. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think people should be watching source material very close to when they are viewing musical adaptations yeah. because you get too precious with it and you're like, but this has ha- happened like this and this happened like this. And you just need to, as Lynn Aaron says, you need to love your source material and throw it in the trash. Yeah. I think that's what she said. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think I can recover. From what? I'm too emotionally upset about the end of... (laughs) Get it together. Okay. Um, Next casting, which I don't even know how you found out about this unless you just looked at her website. But I did. Oh, yes, I did. I did. They tried to find an announcement of it. No, I I peruse Emily Skinner's website on the regs. Mm -hmm. um, And Emily Skinner is going to play Sandra Bloom in Big Fish at the Oklahoma Lyric in Oklahoma City. Their website even and it doesn't have casting information on it. Right. So Emily Skinner has a habit of posting things on her website as upcoming before they've been announced. Are we not supposed to be talking about it? I guess she I mean, it. it's on her website. But she will routinely, like, you know, you'll look at it and it'll be like, oh, six months from now, she's performing in this show at 54 Below. And you'll be like, that's not on 54 Below's website. Emily, I don't think you're supposed to be telling people. <laughs> but you know what? She's Emily Skinner. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. No one's yelled at her, I guess, yeah. about it. Um, I <laughs> Get me to Oklahoma. I How know. do I get to Oklahoma? It's so far away. Maybe Christy Don Chenoweth can take us. Yeah. I don't have a good like layout of Oklahoma mm-hmm. or because this is an Oklahoma city. Yeah. Um, I don't know where, what town is she from? Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. I don't know where Broken I Arrow no is, but, um, if somebody wants to sponsor taking us to Oklahoma yeah. this summer, um, plane tickets, I looked up were about $500 round trip. Um, bus tickets were about $200 round trip. I'm not taking a bus to Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. So plane <laughs> tickets are about $500 round trip. There's two of us. Um, we would also need some accommodations, yeah. some places to stay in Oklahoma City. And tickets to the show. And tickets to the show. I guess we could buy our own tickets to the show. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll give us comps. Well, I think they should My food stamps work in Oklahoma, so we can pay for our own food at the grocery stores. I, I would feel bad about using your food stamps in my Why? Food. It's free money from Obama. That's not really how it works. I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm my taxes are also helping you pay. Yeah, thank but, you. you know, I have money to buy food. So. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, we'll pay for our I'll own food. If, food stamps <laughs> you. if somebody will pay for our airfare, airfare. and our accommodations. accommodations, we will pay for our own food. So if somebody wants to get us to uh, Oklahoma so we can see Emily Skinner, that will be great. Yep. That'll yeah. be excellent. If somebody has a car, we'll go we'll go in on gas. I would do a road trip. Right. Uh, a bus, I don't know. You I know, say no. I I'm mean, not, uh, after my experience in Atlanta, I have to I mean, I would do a bus voyage again, but I would I would accommodate more time sure, than I did for sense. Atlanta. I would be like I would like uh, I if like we were seeing the show on Thursday, I would schedule us to get into Oklahoma like Tuesday night. Yeah. And then we can spend the day in Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. I've never been to Oklahoma. All of Oklahoma. All of Oklahoma. I've never been to Oklahoma either. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. Oklahoma. Where the wing comes around the plane. Sweeping down the plane. Great. Yeah. So somebody please um, sponsor us. Yeah. I going to Oklahoma. I really want to see Emily I really, Skinner and Big Fish. I fucking love Big Fish. I fucking love Emily Skinner. 
I want God, you know what I really want to hear her sing, actually? What? Which is not gonna happen. Oh, the cut song? The cut song! Music, music magic, in, magic in, in the man. The there the man. is magic. I fucking love that it's song. I hate song. that it got cut from the show. I don't I just love it. And I love listening to it on the cast recording. It's yeah. so catchy and well, like it still exists though, especially because they recorded it. Well, sure. So. Thank thank you for recording it. Yeah. And because Kate Baldwin's voice sounds so pretty on it, and it's like a really nice song. Yeah. <sighs> We also ran a Twitter contest for tickets to Clinton the Musical. Starring Carrie Butler. As Hillary Clinton. Guys, I'm so excited to see this show. It's going to be wackadoo, I think. I can't wait. Yeah. So thank you all for entering. And the winner is... Oh, I can't make that noise. Twitter user Robert Mole 28. Mole? Mole? I said Mole because it's Spanish. I don't know. Congratulations. You won. So we're going to follow you. And then DM us your email address, and we'll send you your voucher. Yay, and you get to go see Carrie Butler for freezies. Yeah. Congratulations. And if you didn't win, go buy tickets. Yeah, go see it. Oh, my yeah. God. Carrie Butler's in a musical, like you guys. Uh, it's at New World Stages. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update. Oh, God. You know what I just, while we were saying that, I all of a sudden was like, when she eventually hears that, is she going to like it or yeah. think we're fucking crazy? I think she'll find it very amusing okay i'm just i know (laughs) i I mean i get that too because if i don't know i just hope that she understands that we love her but we're not crazy i mean we are crazy i am crazy i know that i'm anyway i should stop i i'll I'll, I'll work through through this with my therapy yeah (laughs) um uh, 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 Carol the Harmello, um, first preview of Finding Neverland is tonight, tonight, tomorrow. I mean, last night for when you're listening to this, but Sunday night. Yeah. Um, God, I'm really, I'm real excited to see this show. I'm so excited, especially because one of our followers said on Twitter that from what they've heard, it's changed a lot. I, so I don't (gasps) know. I hope that's true. I can't wait. Cause it, it seemed like it needed to be tightened up quite a bit for Boston. It was very enjoyable. Yes. Uh, so, excited. so yeah, break a leg, everyone, and mm-hmm. have an amazing first preview. Yeah. And um, Carly Carmelo, watch that video from the Instagram. Oh yeah, there's a great video. Josh Lehman posted it. Carly reposted it. It's a hilarious little video. Um, just great social media work by everyone on from finding yeah. from uh, Josh Lehman and Carly mostly. Yeah. Great social media work. Finding Neverland. Josh Lehman's a great person to follow on the on the social oh, media. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, Carolee Carmelo is the most beautiful woman ever. Just slipping that in. It's important. It is important. It needs to be. I just feel like I continually need to remind everyone that Carolee Carmelo is very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> in case you forgot, she's still gorgeous and has a sickening voice. Mm. God, I can't wait to see the show again. Yeah. Maybe they gave her a solo. Nope. It's okay. Talk. <laughs> we'll always have talk. We'll always have talk everlasting. Now it's time for the Laura Benanti tweet of the week. Laura Benanti tweeted on March 12th at 6.45 p.m. Pro tip. If you paint your own nails and it looks crazy, just tell people a child painted them and make them feel terrible for judging you. That is a great tip because I paint my nails all the time. And it, I, you know, I've been painting my own nails since I was like, 10 mm-hmm. and it, they still look like shit <laughs> and i really don't understand why i haven't gotten better mm. at painting my own nails it's, it's weird it's an age-old question <laughs> yeah or benanti i love you she's just oh her show starts previews this week yes can't wait to see that shit i know me too 
Everyone go see it. Can't wait to see it. Oh, my God. Also, I've only been in Radio City once. For the Tony Awards? For the Tony Awards. Mm. Well, I guess technically I've been in there twice because I saw the dress rehearsal of the Tony's last year. Oh, right. I've been in there many times. Oh, yeah. I love a spectacular. Because you love a spectacular. This will be my first spectacular. I can't wait. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.